0: I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. I'm so excited to be back. I know I'm always excited to be back, but honestly... I love doing these podcasts for you guys. I love your feedback. I love having the conversations with amazing people like Lana Elko. Today we are having part two of the conversation that her and I had. Lana, as you remember, is the relationship and intimacy artist. She is incredible and we just continued to have such a wonderful conversation. We talked a lot about creating emotional safety, and again, what, how to create these agreements and what that looks like, how to create intentional erotic space, what's the art of intimacy, the fact that you're allowed to want what you want, which is not popular if you've been brought up with typical societal rules about monogamy and sexuality and all that. So we kind of go into this territory of sort of breaking down these these rules and breaking down this programming and and looking at it in a different way. We talk about shifting, and I love that, the idea of shifting out of your relationship rather than breaking up, and we have this idea that you're in a relationship or you're not, and there's no space for in-between, and so this, again, is about creating the spaces in-between and talking about that and what what those spaces look like and how do we how do we do that? How do we create differences? How do we create connections and not have to fit the prescribed template that we're given? So I want you to sit back and relax and we're going to get right back into this conversation. You're going to find that um, we picked up just a little bit back from where I left off just so that you can get into it. And we're just talking about how um, she says a lot of people stay in relationships that are unhealthy or they're not happy in for the sake of the kids or um, they tend to lose themselves and we think that we have to stay in these relationships and that there's no other options. So we kind of start from there and then keep moving on. Okay, enjoy. I'm excited for you to hear this one. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show.
1: Yet they stay and maybe they try to heal it. I don't know. So, some of the relationships are repairable, some are not, because mm-hmm. just they are not very compatible. And then they would stay and sacrifice that beautiful part of their life, right? Intimacy that's something mm-hmm. so fundamental <laughs> of who we are mm-hmm. just for the sake of security or for the because of the fear to mm-hmm. lose, you know, support system. Yeah, you know. So that is something so important that, like, in my work, I feel it's so important to bring the message into the world and help people to to expand a little bit, to create a network of relationships that can be so much more freeing and authentic and, like, Mm -hmm. and you can rely on several relationships that can be deep and beautiful and not necessarily all-inclusive, you know? (laughs)
0: well it it is freeing and you know what it's freeing for the 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 other person like it, as a partner of someone who doesn't need me to be everything for them and i get to go explore the things that i enjoy above and beyond him means that he like, i don't feel pressure to be everything and so i can be the best that i can be with him of the things that he needs and desires from me and the things that I need and desire from him and, and what I enjoy. And we can work on those things to the best of our ability without feeling like we have to change the other person for fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens a lot is that we, we feel this desire to change a partner when we feel like that's the only one we can have mm-hmm. because It takes. It means that we have to give up a piece of who we are, or a a portion of of something that's very valuable to us. And you have to outweigh the good and and the bad. You know, like what's you know what's more important here? Oh well, to be financially secure. So, and I was someone that's really good with all that, but doesn't get me at all on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm going to live without having my emotional part of me fulfilled because that person doesn't desire, but we, we do well in all the other areas. So, Mm -hmm. but getting to open that up means I don't have to have that person be everything to me, right? Like it just, it's, it's kind of beautiful. And I think we, we see the world through a scarcity mindset rather than an abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. Like there's all this abundance that we can tap into, but instead we put ourselves in this box and go, no, no, no. The responsible adult thing is to sacrifice and give up the things and you only get a few things. So, you know, pick and choose. And I don't think we have to do that if we're being authentic. And if everybody's consenting to this, to this agreement, like it, it's beautiful. It doesn't have to be, you know, like, oh, I have to live without. <laughs> well, sometimes you do, but it doesn't mean it has to be off the table forever, right? There's different mm-hmm. seasons, and I don't know. I just think it's such a beautiful thing to have people. I I have a friend right now that, excuse me, it's very much an exploration type re- relationship right now because um, they were formerly religious, for instance, and and so it's a safe place to kind of explore new things you know for them and and uh sort of the the sexual world is is a new place for them because in the religious context we couldn't do that we couldn't engage in those things we couldn't have those thoughts so you know it's so beautiful to have a safe place to get to explore your body anew and find out who you are and not be judged for that. And also not have to decide if this is the person you need to be with forever when you're still trying to figure out who you are all over again, right? Like <laughs> there's less pressure there. It's just, it's just beautiful and nice and comfortable and just get to
1: show up as you are. And I think like we're missing out on that in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's how how scary it can be when everything is like merged together and you pull one thread, right? And everything starts to fall apart. It's really hard to be authentic under these circumstances. And it's totally understandable. I actually have deep honor to that fear because it's not because we're not we haven't done enough work this is fundamentally of triggering our root chakra right our survival instincts when mm-hmm. relationship designed that way it is scary of course mm-hmm. and um, you know what's going on in the world nobody wants to stay without support system there are some moms that they you know i've i started to work with uh, they feel scared to lose the support system because there is nothing else available and people mm-hmm. don't understand this new paradigm of network relationships like this and like really, you know, creating different agreements with maybe different people who can be, mm-hmm. like, why not to live with a male friend? Like that actually can be a great, even, you know, if you're a single mom, for example, you don't have a male figure, you know, for your child to be a role model, but you have a friend, but you're not sexual he can play in a way the role of the father, but not necessarily forever, but he can contribute to that masculine energy that the child needs, you know?
0: And and if your child understands this fluidity and this beauty of connections without without prison, (laughs) I'm going to say, right? (laughs) Then when someone steps out of their life, it, it doesn't have to be their fault in their mind, you know, or it's not, it doesn't have to be the loss that we've made it out to be. Cause people, I know parents and single parents, they don't want to introduce their kids to certain people or whatever, but when, when it's like an either or situation, then you want to be sure before you make any kind of decisions. But what if other people get to bring something positive to their life for a time. And that child knows that, that, it, that it's not necessarily a forever thing and that this person can add value to their lives. Like if they learn that people coming in and out of your lives is normal and it's not a heartbreak necessarily, or it's not like the most devastating thing. It doesn't mean loss. It doesn't mean you're not enough. It doesn't mean you mm-hmm. failed then they can be more adaptable when friendships end or when they need to decide to end a friendship because it's not healthy for them. They have a model now to say, hey, I'm going to listen to my body and this is no longer good for me and that friend's actually not what I thought they would be. It's okay to end it. We've had a good a good run. Let's end this. And, and I've got other friends I can go to. That's not going to be so devastating if they've been, had
1: that modeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This is such a good point. I feel that's what I experienced with my daughter growing up because, you know, I didn't want to stay in that old relationship. I moved to California with her. And, you know, for two years, my my male friend was... Kind of a father figure she wouldn't call him father but there's like the the presence of the male energy that is consistent reliable committed you know like loving and warm like role modeling those qualities and then shifting the relationship containers like when he he decided to be in a different relationship with the woman and i found somebody i wanted to be with so it's like Shifting those containers doesn't mean like oh divorce or the devastation yeah. or like this loss and pain and many times the emotion of shame is attached to yes. that divorce or like break up. Yeah. Like we don't even need to break up; we can just shift to a different yeah, exactly. relationship.
0: I love that <laughs> we're not going to break up; we're just shifting. Like yeah, I think it's and and I think kids need to understand that. That that's okay. And, and we, if we don't ever talk about it, if we don't model that again, they, they feel like something's wrong with them or, mm-hmm. you know, well, I must've done something. I think we try to protect kids from things so much, but they understand so much more than we think. And they can handle a lot more. Like they can understand, like, I just think of my children, you know, they're, they're older, like they're, And two of them are out of the house, the girls and my son's still at home, but like he's had to deal with heartbreak and stuff this year, but you know what? They're able to be still really good friends and maybe sometimes even friends with benefits. Like it's just that they're not being held to like the rules of society just because they broke up once and that's it. You know, like Mm -hmm. they can be fluid and they can change as things go. And as they heal from certain things, maybe they'll get back together and be more, but it doesn't mean they're less committed. They're still friends, but they've been modeled. You know, my son's been modeled that idea that, that one person doesn't have to be the be all and end all. And, and, you get to negotiate what it is that works for you and you get to make changes. And that's not a reflection of your worth. Mm -hmm. And I think that idea gets lost, you know, and, and kids don't know how to process, because they haven't been taken through any process. They haven't been explained what love actually looks like. Nobody teaches what love is and how it can look. They're Mm -hmm. just, kids just watch and go okay well, that must be how it is how as i loved how did i watch these interactions you know oh my parents didn't get along but they stayed together so you must stay in a bad relationship you must have no no choice like commitment means you don't listen to your body commitment means you don't honor yourself because the bigger importance is commitment mm-hmm. right but what does commitment look like commitment the agreement can be that we commit to not being toxic to each other yeah. <laughs> we commit to like um you know being honest when our mental health is suffering or when we're starting to be codependent on each other or we're not understanding or we're you know my triggers are triggering your triggers too often and so it's just a bad cycle you know there's all kinds of reasons why we sh- need to shift mm-hmm. and i think kids need to understand that that's normal and that's okay
1: yeah it's so much healthier <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it can heal the whole humanity but mm-hmm. learn how to flow with relationships yeah. and honor like be grateful for what we've got from this person like yeah. not focusing on what they're not giving us but focusing what we're receiving from them mm-hmm. what, what's the gift between us? What's what what's the medicine between us, right? It can be a very specific thing that connects us and it has so much value on its yeah. own So other things don't need to be attached to it at all because right. we can find it with another person. You know, there are so many areas of life. There are so many phases of life and yeah. different needs. Like people are wired differently, different archetypes, personality types. It's like, it's not included in that universal container of marriage that is offered us it's like, it's mm-hmm. almost like this is what what grandmother said was like that's live like just mm-hmm. take it <laughs> because you don't have a choice it was like i remember that time like grandma was saying is like i don't like this <laughs> i'd rather be alone <laughs> you know this is your role this is how you should act relate and feel especially feel is how you should feel it's like this is like painful <laughs> was like That I should feel this way and I don't feel this way. So I have to judge myself that my feelings are wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy, right?
0: (laughs) You know, so like what I learned from my parents' commitment to each other, they're still together. What I learned from that is that you're not allowed to honor your feelings. And Mm -hmm. I learned that, you know, being... Happy is not important. Having joy and connection with your partner, that's not the most important thing. Um, in fact, that's not even a factor. That's not important enough to make a decision about. You just have to stick it through for the kids.
1: And <laughs> then <laughs> the kids get traumatized by that. Do you know kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my kids? I remember the day that we announced that um that my ex and I announced that we were um going to separate and we both went together to tell them and i remember my oldest daughter was like i'm surprised you lasted this long <laughs> <laughs> so, and i was like well there you have it you know like they weren't devastated they were like yeah that makes sense good for you kind of thing like for for honoring that in each other and for not holding each other captive to mm-hmm what you think is the most right thing to do because we learned very quickly that for them, it was, it was about us being authentic to ourselves and being kind and not hiding. Like we didn't hide that we weren't in a good place together. We were just honest about the fact that this was honoring our, Ourselves and we would be better people without being tied to each other. And they were able to see that as well. And it made Mm -hmm. rational sense to them. We didn't try to hide, keep that from them. We used it to educate them. And so they're like, well, yeah, that makes sense. And now that, you know, they, when they think about maybe getting married, they don't necessarily like that. My one daughter doesn't necessarily want kids and that's okay. But if I would be like, Oh no, you have to have kids. You have to have kids. She would be like very good. Well, now she's starting to talk like, Oh, when I have kids, I'm like, Oh, when did that change? You know, <laughs> yeah. she has no shame in changing her mind about that. Also the idea of having a separate bedroom when she gets married, she's like, I think I could handle being married if I had my own room and I had my own space. And I'm like, power two you can totally do that that's an agreement that you can make if it's if that you don't have to make it mean anything and she's like yeah i could do that but i i like having my own room and that would be her reason to not get married right mm-hmm. is is she doesn't want to share a space with someone all the time she needs to have her own space well i wasn't taught that i was taught that if you don't want to share a room with someone. Something's wrong with you and you're not connected enough. And that was half the issues in my marriage is that what I believed meant something. They actually didn't mean that, you know? So the things that he would do, I would take it a certain way, but that didn't have any relevance on what he was actually doing. Like Mm -hmm. he was just looking after for him himself. I took that to mean something against me when it had nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. But I was modeled that I was taught that if you don't do a, that means B Mm -hmm. because that's the way the world works. The template says, yeah, the template, (laughs) right. So, and I remember uh, there was a, a couple who were such a great couple and they got along so well and they were, like a really great couple in my mind. I always saw them as great couple. And then they were selling their house and I went to visit their house and they had separate bedrooms. This is when I was still in the church. And I was like I was shocked and I thought, what's wrong with them? Like we didn't know that we didn't notice that there was something wrong with them that they'd have to have separate bedrooms.
1: Maybe that's why they had a good
0: relationship.
1: <laughs> right? Like, exactly. This is a- big like i have a lot also about this because it's just so it's insane to see how this template is imposed on us i would i would um, suggest to look at the architecture and design of the houses even like in the united states i feel it's like worldwide but in like all of them are designed to fit in into the template master bedroom Mm -hmm. this is where a husband and wife you know sleep every night <laughs> then other rooms are very small like we have the same we bought a house and it's like we like actually to have separate bedrooms because that's what i'm thinking too. <laughs> my partner wakes up really early i am like my night owl and then snoring problem and all kinds of stuff and also it's a healthy to separate and have your space and then connect when you feel you want to be intimate and close and highlight those moments right rather than like let's just do it every day, so we don't feel a difference, you know, like or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like treating each. If it's sacred union, we have by separating spaces, we're actually creating more sacredness between us because we highlight intimacy, not putting it like <laughs> like everyday routine. You know. Yeah,
0: and it. I I like that you're saying that in practicality because like I'm at the point in my life where I'm about to sell my house, and my boyfriend and I are trying to determine like what the next best move is for us you know and we've lived apart our whole relationship like 2 hours apart so like that's and it's been wonderful it's it's challenging to be apart but there's always this like reunion you know and i'm like oh i don't want to lose that i'm scared to like you know take each other for granted if we're living together how can we like protect against that and how can we intentionally keep the intimacy alive and how can we intentionally create a want for each other and uh, like space between us we have to intentionally create that I feel because it's so easy to just get in a cycle where you're you know just expecting each other to just be there for each other instead of Choosing and desiring and wanting each other and creating that. You know, it's like, oh, well, if it happens, um, I just don't want to ever take someone for granted again. And I don't want to, you know, live in fear of, you know, is that going to, is the newness, the newness is going to wear off. It's going to, when you live with someone, that's always going to happen. So what can you do in that? And I think that because those things aren't allowed, they're not supposed to be something's wrong. If you Mm -hmm. want a separate bedroom, Um, that's challenged me a lot because I mean, I would, I never would have thought I would ever be one to say that, but like, I love coming home to my own room and having, Mm -hmm. I can listen to a podcast that night in color to let go to bed. You know, I can do that because I'm not disturbing the person next to me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But when I'm with that person, I, I'm respectful of their space and the loudness and the time. If the lights are out, I'm not going to be on my phone, like keeping the light on. So having my own room, we could go, Hey, do you want to sleep together tonight? That's that we choose that, right? Like let's cuddle tonight. Or I do my thing at night and then I crawl in and go snuggle the rest of the night. Well, then it's not a given that you have to do that. Then it's like, Oh, she came to see me tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, she came and, and came to snuggle with me. I just feel like again, instead of it being a scarcity mindset, everything is like an abundance thing. Well, so now if we if we live together and we have separate rooms and we sleep together, that's an abundance. That's a that's a special thing rather yeah. than oh, you didn't you didn't sleep with me or we were sleeping together and you didn't want me or you didn't want to cuddle or, you know, it's always like, we've always focused on the, what we can't have or don't have. Mm -hmm. And I just want to create an environment where we, we still get to choose each other day in and day out. Cause I love that about being apart is that our relationship works because we choose each other each day. We don't have to, we live two hours apart. But we choose to call each other, we choose to text each other, and we look forward to the weekends when we see each other to cuddle and to get to be together. So I I'm trying to to feel figure out ways to to keep that part alive because I just think it's so beautiful. And we could learn something for lasting relationships in that mm-hmm. long distance model that we've had, you know, because it has worked so well and we are so closely connected. And we live two hours apart, right? So mm-hmm. there's something amazing in there. And what's that little nugget? And we can take that and build a new template for us. That works for us. Yeah,
1: exactly. But it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is for people it's like whoa terrifying like, that's why i kind of like slowly introduce sometimes new possibilities to people because if you just like throw it out there it's like rejection immediate rejection yeah you're like, like no nope. they're known um there is another piece or, uh, behind this if we want to sustain like the field of attraction like mm. the field of sexual attraction be- between partners it's actually based on the universal laws of energy so that's what's something that people have to understand. It's not just like, oh, I just like, prefer not to be around my partner, like and don't sleep in the same bed. There is a universal laws of energy and the the laws of law of polarity, laws of the law of rhythm, right? They're, they teach it in business, right? There's like universal laws in business and how to attract wealth and build successful. Mm. Business. But it applies to relationships too, and specifically to sexuality, because sexuality works um, based on like universal laws, and we need to go through cycles, right? Connect, disconnect, because Mm -hmm. otherwise this is when it starts to wear off when we just like Mm -hmm. keep it static and you know keep it the same and like never move around. you know, and don't allow it to disconnect so we can refill ourselves, our own unique energy and kind of lose ourselves in this relationship. And that becomes like a swamp. You know, It's like kind of like people yeah. stop making efforts. Like it takes yeah. an effort for you to go and see your partner if he's two yeah. hours away. So you choose to make this effort. It's like, mm-hmm. it's intentional. It's like, it's encouraging, inspiring, right? And you're moving your energy it, it takes an effort also to go and <laughs> visit each other in your queen bedroom and king bedroom mm-hmm. you know it takes effort to engage and when you do it you're really present so it's not mer- you're not merging it with other stuff and not multitasking you know like so this is the way to honor that field and honor our mm-hmm. sexuality like the the sacred union right mm-hmm. and there are other pieces of this universal laws that apply to sexuality that people don't know and the marriage container doesn't offer. So, that is the biggest thing that it's like the ignorance behind it. Mm. <laughs> That's so um, interesting. It's that kind of divorce, or like loss of interest or loss of connection.
0: Yeah. Do you, um, are you familiar with Esther Perel? Yeah. <laughs> So like her, her idea, she says, you know, you can't have comfort and eroticism in the same, (laughs) at the same time, Mm -hmm. because eroticism is like this different energy than comfort, right? And so you have to create space between you in order to appreciate the person from afar to keep the eroticism alive because if you're just comfortable on the couch and just chilled in and cuddled in, like you're not observing your partner. You're not seeing them in a different light. You're just in such a comfort zone that your body's comfortable. It's not feeling erotic energy in that moment. Mm -hmm. And both are important. You know, like I love that we just can cuddle into each other and, and we are such, a safe zone for each other. And I love that. I've never experienced that quite like that, you know, just, just to be able to be completely wholeheartedly myself in that moment and just, and we can be that way in our sexuality as well, in our intimacy, because it is intimate, but we also have lots of opportunities to see each other in a different role, or or being wanted by someone else, we get to watch each other be wanted by others. Mm-hmm. Like when I, because we go to the club or whatever, and it's this really sexual vibe, it's a great sexual energy, and we're with our friends or whatever, and so we're with our people, our tribe of of people that we care about and that we feel safe with. Um, there's this erotic energy. There's this dance floor and pumping music. We're dressed sexy, whatever. And when I see him across the room and another girl, like one of our friends, is like giving him hugs or kissing him and just being like attentive to him. I get really excited inside because I'm like she sees him for who he is too and and then I'm reminded of how amazing he is and it just builds that attraction inside of me and I'm like that's my guy you know what I mean and, <laughs> and there's just something very erotic about that and like it's funny cuz we go to the club we could play with anybody but we usually always just play with each other because we're just so attracted to each other in that space of like giving each other space and observing each other in being our authentic, flirty or sexual selves, then we want a piece of that. We're like, oh, well, come, let's go. <laughs> you know? So, and I think part of that is that we don't live together, so we don't get a chance to to be together all the time. But but regardless, we, we could choose to be with other people, but that space in the way that we honor each other just brings that eroticism and keeps that alive on a continual basis. And that has to be intentional. And I I tell my clients that, you know, like it's, it doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional because we're so comfortable with each other. We'd probably just end up cuddling all the time. And we might not have sex very often if we didn't intentionally build in that erotic space for each other.
1: Wow. Yes, absolutely. This is like the art of intimacy. Yeah, I see it as like sexuality is like a wild animal. And mm. when I work with uh, my clients, both women and men, we actually have this practice of identifying a wild animal, right? Mm. <laughs> what kind mm. of animal you are, right? And like really going deeper into that archetype and uh, that energy to uh, to understand that we can't really tame this. When we tame the wild animal, it's not—it's going to change. The energy is going to change. It's not going to be this build-up sexual energy, it's very strong field of attraction. And many people believe when they are in, you know, consistent, committed relationship that they have to sacrifice at least. It's like something yeah. that inevitably goes away. But it doesn't if we know how to sustain it. If we never intend to to tame the wild animal, so we don't cuddle with that (laughs) domestic domesticated partner (laughs) if we allow them to be wild in their like energy and expression and not you know conditioned by all this label right yeah (laughs) married (laughs) you know then it, it can last you know i know couples who like 10 years of relationship and they're like still wildly attracted to each other so it is real it is possible and for some people it's very important so like if you say there are some people who wired through this sexual energy and they get depressed when you deprive them from this you know Yeah, yeah some people don't care much but there are people who care and it's depressing for him to hear that you have to sacrifice this part of themselves so they start to like go and cheat, whatever they call it. Or like they start to have these secret thoughts of like (laughs) using this taboo thing. But it's because we don't understand the nature of sexuality. Like it's not about like taming it or putting it in the cage. How can (laughs) we? There's so much shame and guilt around
0: sexuality and nobody's allowed to talk about it freely. I just Mm -hmm. did an interview this morning with um, a journalist who's doing a piece for a magazine. And she, we were talking about edging and just the, the concept of edging to near your orgasm and then pulling back or whatever. And I, I brought the piece in, I said, like in tantric practice, like it, it's not about the ejaculation, right? Like you can use that edging practice as an energetic build and and something that gives you energy or whatever. And I said, you don't have to do that though. Like that's mm-hmm. not the only right way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't remember where I was going with this other than, oh, the, the so what we said in the interview, um, so we were talking about edging and, and she's like, thank you so much for doing this interview. This was just so great. She goes, it's so nice when you can just talk freely about sexuality with someone and there's just like no hangups and there's no. It's not like, oh, well, penis, you know, and you can't, it's (laughs) it's just easy to talk about. And I just was just flowing through. It's like, it's like talking about the weather to me. It's not any different than talking about art or or music or whatever. It's just something beautiful to me. And Mm -hmm. sexuality is not shameful to me. And because of that, I can have conversations about it with anybody and you know, the this exploration partner, you know, he keeps saying, like, thank you for sharing stuff with me or being so open and and able, you know, like just comfortable gu- guiding or or saying what you like or whatever. And I was like, well, thank you for receiving it, you know, because not everybody's willing to receive things, but we're trained that we don't talk about these things. That's. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. how do you get better? At how is it not supposed to die? <laughs> you can't talk about it, right? Or or if you don't practice or if you think that it's this sacred thing that has to be sacred every time and it has to be this big, emotional, energetic, loving connection, like sex can be about playing and just it's like playing tennis if you want you know like you just go out play the game do your thing and then you're done it doesn't have to have this great emotional meaning to it all the time and when you can just let it flow and be what it is you're not going to judge your the state of your relationship by it you know and you're not going to be able like oh we failed at that or you know we're so bad at that no it's like it's different let's enjoy all the parts of it and let it play out as it is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To order where we are, right? It's like something is unfolding. There's sometimes some emotional trigger can come up and interrupt, you know, our play or something. And we order whatever is coming through, we honor it within the, ourselves and each other and bring it to, on to the table as it is. That's kind of part of also yeah agreements that I usually focus a lot on. Because um you know, yeah, the the expectation—it's unrealistic expectations to have that it's gonna be like better and better and deeper and deeper, or like <laughs> always like on the top of the world. Yeah, those moments—they are present and they they can show up through the cycle of our relationship yes, if we know how to sustain it. But sometimes it can be simple, and sometimes it can be like subtle, yeah. and sometimes it can be like you you're not on the same page and that's also honoring that you know Mm -hmm. and just whatever is happening is real whatever Mm -hmm. what is real we we ask this question in our you know in our Mm -hmm. containers like what is real and that's the what is the most important thing without trying to make it something different than
0: Mm -hmm. what it is yeah honor the moment and don't and i was so guilty of that before too like I was always wanting something different. I couldn't, I couldn't allow myself to enjoy the moment because I'd be worried about the next moment not working, or worried about the next. What if he doesn't do this? Or what if he, you know, what if he doesn't touch me in the exact right way? Why, why can't yeah. you just be in the moment? Because then it may not matter so much how you're touched, <laughs> because it's not up to them. It's up to you to get to be in that place and you know we we often don't take responsibility for our part in in our sexuality you know like it's not my partner's job to turn me on mm-hmm. my job to allow myself to be in a place where i can enjoy my pleasure if i can feel into my body and feel how things are then i can get turned on but if i'm like oh he's not doing this right or he's not doing that or too much pressure i am I'm sabotaging my own pleasure in that moment. I could, I could say, hold on just a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to get myself to the place where I can, you know, (laughs) we can go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and and I'm not going to sit there and be frustrated that they're not doing it right. And I think we often put that responsibility on our sexual partners. Oh, they didn't listen and they're not, they're not us. They can't always know and it's okay to say what it is that you want and what you need even, but don't expect them to meet that need because ultimately, you know, like if I, if I really need to have an orgasm, I know how to make it happen. So Mm -hmm. I can get, I can get on top and do what I need to do if I need to do that, but Mm -hmm. I don't need to get upset with my partner that all the things aren't happening. Like I get to be responsible for that right like and and that just frees everyone to just be in the moment and do their thing and and we can look out for each other, and I, I guess that's part of the agreements, right is is just to release each other of the responsibilities of needing to do the right thing all the time to allow ourselves to fail, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, what is failure? It's like then we don't read each other's mind all the time. (laughs) Failure is just moving us forward, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I think that's a good place to end. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Lana, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we close off? And I do want you to tell us where you can be found. Um, And I'll put your links in the show notes for people to find you and your work if, if you would like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you, Karine. It was an amazing conversation. And of course, I feel we can talk about this forever. And there are so many different topics. But I think we covered this relationship containers pretty well. And models I think so and too. And yeah, there's lots of information to absorb and feel mm-hmm. inter, right? Because yeah. it's all about integration. It's like, I feel this podcast even can be like, you know, learning curve it's like wow yeah. i can do that let me try that like how exactly. does it feel in my body <laughs> exactly i want so, people to feel
0: like they have permission mm-hmm. to step outside the box to try something different and if it doesn't work for you i say this all the time you can jump in with both feet and you can jump out and dry yeah. your feet off <laughs> exactly <laughs> you're not stuck <laughs> yeah uh, oh no I said I liked spanking once. That's it. I'm gonna be no, you you can say you don't like it now. You can say no, <laughs> not that's not for me.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. and
0: maybe with one partner you liked it and with another partner you don't. You,
1: that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you don't need to justify why you like something or not. <laughs> that's another thing people try to do, like justifying themselves.
0: <laughs> and that's that's hard to break that cycle, and that's a healing thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a trauma response and that one's tough sometimes because we we often feel like we don't deserve to want what we want and to desire what we desire. And that's one of the first things I try to do with my clients is yeah. let's find out what your actual desires are and your fantasies. Don't worry about them coming true or not. Let's just find out what they are. Mm-hmm. And let's yeah. just say that's okay to want that. Whether mm-hmm. you're going to get them or not, that's a whole different issue. It may not be possible to get them, but you're allowed to want them. There's nothing wrong with you for wanting it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's beautiful healing <laughs> yeah. space. Yeah. So where can people find you
0: if they want to get a hold of you?
1: So you can find me on my website. It's lanaelcoaching.com. And also on social media, just Lana Elko. My brand is called The Intimate Universe. Um, so Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. You can just basically you can even Google yeah. if you don't remember. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to put the links in the show notes. I'll put your links yeah. in the show notes so
0: um, people can find you and, and read a little bit more. Um, Lana, would you come back again sometime and we could maybe talk about Tantric? I'd really like to talk about that a little bit more.
1: Absolutely, would we'll be happy to. Let's do
0: that. Let's do that. And let's not wait too long because I just think it's something I've wanted to talk about for a long time and uh, I think I think I've laid a lot of the good groundwork for introducing new ideas and I think I mean, we need to talk about sex a little bit more maybe. But I think energy and and like erotic blueprints and things like that like I know that ener- I'm one of my erotic blueprints is very much an energetic one. And, and I didn't realize that about myself, but like everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. way that I like to masturbate, everything makes sense. Understanding that the energetics and, and not even touching me, how powerful that is. And I could never explain it. I just thought something was wrong with me or I thought it was just a shame response. And some of it, yes, probably, but but that is just how I'm wired. And that's mm-hmm. how my body responds and that's probably why I read people really well too is that I can feel their energy, you know? So it's very interesting to just talk about, you know, energy and how it plays into our sexuality and things like that. And tantric is so much about sort of controlling and manipulating that energy. I'm going to say, I don't know if manipulation is the right word, but, um, understanding it and using it in an intentional way.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Is what
0: yeah uh, tra- transmuting
1: like yeah transmuting yeah Navigate, navigating right like mm-hmm. navigating energy understanding your energy right so yeah how, then there, there are energetic laws of the universe as well that can that are universal and they are our the way we are wired like you say yeah. it totally makes sense people are yeah. wired differently so we can't expect the same response from person yeah. who is wired differently than yeah. us yeah yeah
0: yeah. And, and again, like when we think something is right for us, we often try to fit the other person in the bot. Oh, you know, like, Oh, we're not going to be compatible if we don't like the same things, but it's like, we can, we can teach each other and we can embrace each other's blueprints and, and like work together with that. Um, so if you want to learn a little bit more about the energetic blueprints Gaia, has really good training and stuff like that on the erotic blueprint. Mm-hmm. And there's like five different ones. But uh, yeah, I, I really like I really like her imagery with that and how, how that works. In it. And it helped make sense of a lot of things. But uh, yes, let's have a talk about tantric soon and the laws of energy and all that. I love that. I think it's going to be fantastic talk, just like this was. And uh, thank you for... Thank you for being with me and spending time with me today.
1: Thank you so much, Karina. It was amazing. Thank you. Love you, girl. Love you.
0: (laughs) Again, what a great conversation. I'm so glad we had that conversation. You guys, I will put the link in the show notes for Gaia's blueprint quiz because it's really interesting. You can actually watch Sex, Love, and Goop. She is featured on that show on Netflix. And you can actually watch her talk about this with a couple and she really goes into detail about it. And it's really, really fascinating. It was just really eye-opening. So uh, maybe I'll put a link to that episode as well if I can. There's just so much to talk about when it comes to eroticism and relationships and being authentic, being ourselves and letting go of the programming. I mean, we could talk about it all day, which is why I have this podcast, because it's so important to be able to break free from that programming and create your own template for your life. And there's things that hold us back from doing that. And I want you to be free of those limiting beliefs, of those subconscious things that are telling you that you can't live authentically, you can't really be yourself cuz that's selfish or that's rude or that wouldn't be you. And I just challenge you to look at that and really start to question who you truly are, what you truly desire, and what it is that you want in a partnership. What is it that you want to invest in in your life? Life is short, and we only have one life to live and I'm really passionate about creating the life that we want in an ethical, beautiful, loving way. So I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to take this journey with you. Keep your ears open in the next few weeks because I will be announcing a really amazing program that I'm going to be launching in February. And we are going to discuss all of this stuff about programming and the templates and how to shift that. So stay tuned. That is coming. There will be more information about it. But in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with the question. Is monogamy right for me? Ask yourself that question and ponder it a little bit. Okay, that's it. I will see you next week. As I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. I love you all. Have a great week. Mwah! Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.